And now it's time for the UP's favorite live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Here's Blake Froling. What's going on, Marquette? Thanks so much for joining us here on ESPN-UP. We are presented by John's Auto Marquette. Rachel Zerby from ABC10 is joining me here in studio today. It's a national holiday, <laughs> as it is pretty much every day if you look hard enough. National Left-Handers Day. I'm a lefty, nice. so this is big for me. You're like one of a... Isn't there... like No one's like left-handed. What's the percentage? I think it's 12%, yeah. 13%, right around Pretty there. unique. Some of the most important people in the world are left-handed though what are you left-footed left-footed uh no i i i go by if you write with whatever hand that's that's my determination from handedness interesting because people it seems like lefties they switch off all the time Uh because society doesn't let us use the hand we want to use it makes us use the other hand for see left-handers they're more i don't know i don't know what the word i'm looking for but like a right-hander like i'm righty i could never use the left side of my body but like left-handers they can yep do both it's mm-hmm. not fair it's it's a gift i guess <laughs> you know what what can i say uh who is the best left-handed athlete of all time you mm, i'm not that <laughs> cocky no i don't know i don't even know i don't pay attention to right and left-handers i think when i think of left-handed athletes the first one that comes to mind not saying he's the best of all time but just maybe the most iconic is michael vick for me because quarterbacks who are left-handed stick out because they look weird Uh coming from a lefty i'm allowed to say that (laughs) they look weird throwing the ball yeah and so him throwing the ball like that and then obviously being the best running quarterback of all time that sticks out to me there are also no left-handed quarterbacks in the nfl right now Ooh, interesting apparently there is a bias because they say coaches don't want left-handed quarterbacks because the ball spins a different way in the air so they don't want receivers to have to adjust to the different spin if they're a backup or something and come in. That may, I'm just trying to picture a quarterback throwing left-handed and it look, looks funny. It does look funny. It's <laughs> like, like how, they don't have yeah. the same motion. It's like they whip it uh-huh. a little bit more or something. So they're out of the league. It's, it's discrimination, honestly. Yeah, really. I, I can't believe <laughs> we're letting this go on. I mean, uh, Phil Mickelson, obviously, is another one that comes to mind. Uh, probably the – I mean, his nickname is Lefty, yeah. so – that's pretty self-explanatory. I did not know Bill Russell was left-handed. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Randy Johnson was another one. Babe Ruth. All right, all right. Lionel Messi. I could. I just looked at that one up. I <laughs> didn't know that one off the top of my head. Left-footed soccer players are the worst. They are. Yeah. Why? They're like hard to because like everyone else is right-footed. Does it really make that much of a difference? I mean, when I played, it kind of did. Okay. See, I, I. <laughs> The last time I played soccer competitively was in, when I was seven years old. So okay. I, I wasn't really into the whole right-footed, left-footed thing. But is it? Yeah, because I played left back, but I was right-footed. So, like, it was hard. Like, I, ha- I had no choice but to use, like, my left foot. And it was hard. Okay, because you're on the left side of the field. So it's easier of a angle to kick the yeah. ball with your left foot. Okay. I could mm-hmm. see that. It's kind of like that in the hockey, too. When you have guys on the mm-hmm. left and right side, you need kind of a yeah. balance between left and right-handed shots. Okay. I could see that. So, <laughs> lefties for the win. Challenge everything. Yep. Uh, Barack Obama was also, is also okay. left-handed. Uh, so, that's a big one. I think Bill Clinton is also left-handed, too. Wow. So, we're all over the place. Big namers. Kind of taking over the yeah. world. Just, okay. Just saying. <laughs> so, we've got a lot to get to today. We'll talk some football, some NBA, some golf. 
some NASCAR. Woo-hoo. You may trip down to Brooklyn, Michigan, which I had never heard of except for having this race. Yeah, me either. I thought I was going to New York, to be honest. I mean, that would have been cooler. Let's <laughs> yeah. be real. Uh, so we'll get to that later on in the show. Uh, first, though, a piece of, I don't even know if you would call this news, but something I saw the other day that kind of surprised me. Uh, this uh, odd shark on Twitter uh, posted the odds. What team will Khalil Mack be on at the end of October? He's the Raiders linebacker holding out. Uh, cost himself over 800 grand by not playing in the Lions preseason game last week. Uh, the number one team on this list, not the Raiders, the team he's already on, the Packers. So they're saying it is more likely that Khalil Mack will be traded to the Packers than he will just stay on the Raiders. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I could see some truth in it. Do you really think they could po- pull off that big of a trade? I mean, if there's a will, there's a way. This just doesn't seem like a Packers thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want it to happen. No, me neither. For our sake. No. (laughs) I I almost got tricked by a fake Adam Schefter account that said that the Packers and Raiders (laughs) are finalizing a deal. So for a split second, I was like, oh. And then I saw no blue check mark. (laughs) We're good. We're good. Oh, God. Had like 150 retweets, too. I I love and hate those accounts. They're funny. They get me. Mm-hmm. They get me good. Or the ones that like they'll tweet, but they're from five years ago. Yep. I fell for one about Kawhi Leonard. I was like, this is embarrassing. Like I even quote tweeted it too. Like, yep. Yep. Uh, those got, people are like, whoa, this is big, and it's yeah. like an injury thing from like five years mm-hmm. ago. Oh, those are those are so <laughs> yeah, good. It's funny. I just cannot see the Packers being this aggressive. This is just not what they do. No, because, like, they would have – well, then they had Aaron Rodgers, the best, like, offensive player, basically, you could say, and then the best defensive. Like, you don't uh, – I'd say know. he's at least top three to yeah. four, but well, – They're going to have to dish out a lot. Right. I mean, you can't just get him for a conditional seventh-round pick. I mean, yeah. he's if he's a top three defensive player, you got to figure at least one first-round mm-hmm. pick. You probably have to give a couple players up, too, to make the salary cap situation work. The Packers do have two first-round picks, I believe, next season. If you're the Packers, would it be worth it to trade both of those first-round picks for Khalil Mack? I don't think so. I just think, like, defense, like, it's one guy. I mean, yeah, it's one really good guy, but, like, how much of an impact can one guy, like, really have? I agree. Like, he can't... make everything like do everything but at the same time i could see the argument being if you want to capitalize on the quote-unquote window for aaron Rodgers, at some point you have to make an all-in move and this would be it and especially like the division they're in like if they kind of want to compete like you know you got to make those moves right i mean the lions and the vikings i think are built to compete in the mm-hmm. next within for the next couple of years, yeah. not just right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Packers, I think they're they're similar, but maybe a little bit older than those other two teams. And every year that the Packers don't win the Super Bowl, the criticism go, grows even louder. Mm-hmm. And when you have a guy like that, I think you have to focus on the now more yeah. than the future. For sure. But I just I I look back at some of the trades in the Packers history. 
non-draft day trades, there's nothing. I mean, the Brett Favre trade was the only one of any consequence. Uh, I saw one for a backup quarterback. I saw one for a long snapper. Who trades a, a long, long snapper? snapper. <laughs> really? You could find a guy off the street to do that. Yeah, I was going to say, do those people even practice? Like, do they just show up on Sundays and be like, I'm here to yeah. snap the ball? <laughs> Basically. So that shows throughout their recent history, at least, since 2002 was the website that I saw, this just isn't something they do. And really, not many teams do. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times do we see a star NFL player get traded? Not often. I mean, Alex Smith got traded. That was big. Brandon Cooks got traded twice, actually, so that was even weirder. But it's not like the NBA mm-hmm. where this happens a couple to a couple different players every single yeah. year. It's just so hard to make a trade in the NFL for some reason. I just don't see the Packers pulling this off. And After this discussion, I really don't see it either. I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. I'm trying to speak it out of existence. Yeah. Let's go Raiders. Make that, make that extension. Because apparently, according to Michael Lombardi, who's a front office guru, quote-unquote, he says that Khalil Mack is demanding $22 million per year. 22. That's $2 or $3 million more per year than Von Miller. Oh, Could you see the Packers no, shelling that out? No. That, that's more than Aaron Rodgers makes this year, by the way. Oh, there's no way. I just feel like you... They're not going to pay someone more than they're paying Aaron Rodgers. No. I mean, Rodgers is due for an extension and pay raise and everything like that. But still, you just you can't see it. No. It just doesn't make sense. And then it's one thing if you trade for him, but he's going to be a free agent after this year if you don't sign a new extension. So then you think, all right, if you get him to Green Bay, give up all of that, what are the odds that he wants to stay long term? Or are you just going to have the same problem with him like Oakland does? You'll have to franchise tag him once or twice, pay him a boatload of money, then just have him walk away, and then you give up all those assets for maybe just one year of him. The NFL is so difficult when it comes to this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's, it seems like the system is set up for players not to yeah. move, or at least the good mm-hmm. ones, because teams can just hold on, hold on, hold on, and then eventually it seems like too for some of these trades you think oh this player's pretty good and he gets traded for maybe a sixth round pick yeah what the heck uh-huh. that doesn't match up yeah. that that seems the weirdest mm-hmm. where the trades don't usually match the value yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> odd doesn't make sense no yeah. no no it's so hard to predict nfl trades mm-hmm. i mean like nba you just pull up the trade machine and you can oh, make yeah. your own deals uh-huh. and it makes more sense but these are just forget it yeah so he the Packers are plus 300. Raiders are plus 400. The Jets, Bills, and Redskins are the next favorites at plus 700. And the field is plus 400. Interesting. Yeah. So if you had to lay some money on that, would you pick Packers, Raiders, Jets, Bills, Redskins, Steelers, Giants, or field? I think I'm just going to go with the Raiders. I don't think he's going anywhere. I agree. It's too hard to move yeah. players like that. He's he's good enough where the Raiders will not let this go into the regular season. They'll give him, at the very least, maybe a one-year deal and try to work this mm-hmm. out again next year. And, like, I just don't think teams are going to want to pay him what he's asking for. $22 million. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and about, like, no. He is very good. Mm-hmm. Is he better than Von Miller? I don't think so. No. And even Von Miller's contract is ridiculous. 
but Denver wanted to invest in their defense. I just don't see Oakland doing that. $22 million. We'll get there eventually because things just keep going up, Mm -hmm. but right now, no. 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 So let's switch over to the Lions. They had their first preseason game on Friday. It was super late, so I only watched a little bit of it because I can't stay up late these days. (laughs) Getting old over there. I'm I'm just... I I just lead an old person (laughs) lifestyle. Didn't the game start like 10.30? 10.30. It ended. I got the score notification at 1.44 a.m. You think I was going to stay up to watch preseason football like that? On a Friday night, I'm sure a lot of people were tuned into that. Well, I know a lot of people want to see Connor Cook again. You know, former Michigan State quarterback. Played for the Raiders. Didn't look that good. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) I had a couple observations. First of all, the hype for Kerryon Johnson has exploded and it's exciting and also frightening because this very same thing seems to happen to every single Lions running back Mm -hmm. that they draft high I remember it being almost identical for Amir Abdullah where he made like one good cut in week one they're like oh my god this is Barry Sanders (laughs) 2.0 look how that turned out so I'm almost upset that he's having a good start to the preseason it's preseason like it's only preseason you have to keep I can't I can't I can't deal with all these like hyped up things like who it doesn't mean anything you have to tell yourself that everybody out there <laughs> who's reading into the performance and saying we've got it figured figured out mm-hmm. slow your roll yeah like even that video that like went viral of Saquon Barkley like I was expecting something a lot more exciting than what happened mm-hmm. I was like what what was so cool about that like he ran the ball if you he run for cut. more than 10 yards, it's a big play. Yeah. Big time. All pro in the future. So he had 34 rushing yards, 33 receiving yards. But his biggest highlight was a play that got called back where he ran for 57 yards. Oh, yeah. Okay. Broke a couple tackles, made a couple cuts, looked really good. But you can't get too excited. What Was it against the like third string defense probably <laughs> yeah for the most part that's the other thing you have to remember yeah. is who are they going against how many of these guys are actually going to be lining mm-hmm. up week one maybe two or three of them at the time uh the last time though the lions had a 57 yard run you have to go back to 2014 oh my god joyce bell 57 yikes yeah so going that's... on four seasons now okay. Interesting. So that's why. Okay, so are then, excited. yeah, you have the right to be hyped then. Yeah, even if it was just preseason, yeah. I'm excited about it. And yeah. uh, I mean, some people are giving him rookie of the year love, oh, hype, you know. I love it. I mean, we saw this out of Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver last year who was a rookie, two touchdowns in the first game of the season. People were like, well, we found our next Megatron. Good to know. <laughs> then he didn't do much the rest of the year, partially due to injuries. So. I almost wish he would start out slow mm-hmm. so he wouldn't get all this hype and then build up and have a good career. Yeah. That, so. That's impossible to do, though. No. No. Just don't, you wouldn't have, you would just not have to play him in preseason. Right. Or just do, like, one snap. Mm-hmm. And then throwing fuel onto the fire, Pro Football Focus named him to the week one preseason, all, all week one team, I guess they call it. So that's big. Oh, jeez. Put, put a trophy up oh, on God. the mantle for that. <laughs> All pro week one preseason. What is that even? He was the highest, one of the highest graded running backs by pro football focus in the first preseason game. Ooh. Frank Ragnow, the uh, draft pick, left guard, also made that team. Okay. Or he was just outside of it. So 
Looks like we've got an all-pro running back, all-pro left guard. Better watch out for those lions. Yeah. Yikes. I'm Hype scared. Train. Choo-choo. <laughs> also, uh, there's speculation. People are wondering if Matthew Stafford, when is he going to play? If I'm the Lions, I'm playing a maximum one series mm-hmm. in, the, in the second game, maybe two or three in the third, and don't even play him in the fourth. There's no need to. No. <laughs> if you are a quarterback who's been with that team for maybe three-plus mm-hmm. years, there's no need for you to play more than five total yeah. series in preseason. Like, he doesn't have, like, any of those, like, first NFL, like, jitters to get out. No. You know? Like, he knows the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's it's a new coach, but he has the same offensive coordinator, so the offense doesn't change. He knows it all. Same terminology. It's mm-hmm. not like he has to get a new page. There isn't there aren't that many new players mm-hmm. on the offense. It would be irresponsible to play him mm-hmm. for any extended period of time. Yeah. It is kind of upsetting. Like, I don't know. It's nice to see the starters go out there, but then part of, I mean, my history with my teams, like, injury scares me. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why I like, don't care if the starters don't play. <laughs> right. I mean, look at what happened in Washington. Darius Geis yeah. tore his ACL in preseason week one. Horrible. Right? It can happen to anybody, though. Mm-hmm. And it could happen to your backups, but I just, it's not worth it. No. It's exciting to see, but no, you don't need them at all. So speaking of hype, their next game, Friday, against Saquon Barkley and the Giants. Running back duel. What time's that game on? Midnight? Nope. Seven (laughs) o'clock. Oh, prime time. Because it's a home game. Amazing. Good old Eastern time zone back again. So Saquads, they call them, because his legs are so big. Right? It's basically like the size of... Mm-hmm. A normal person's waist. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's a, he's a monster. I wouldn't even want to tackle him. Can, like, can you? I would just kind of <laughs> do one of those throw a shoulder, kind of try to trip him up with the legs. Be uh-huh. like, oh, I tried. People go to tackle him, they'll like bounce off his quads. Yeah, that's got to be painful. Yeah. It's just get out of the mm-hmm. way. Make it look like you tried, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. You know, make it look good on tape. Mm-hmm. That's all, and then just get out of the way. When we come back, we'll talk some basketball. The NBA released the schedule for next season. We'll kind of break it down a little bit for the Pistons and the Bucks. Stan Van Gundy says he's feeling lost. Will he ever coach again in the NBA? We'll discuss right after this here on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froelich. Thanks again for joining us. We are presented by John's Auto Marquette. We've got Rachel Zerby from ABC10 in studio here. Let's talk some NBA. Are you a big schedule release person? No. No, don't get no. excited. I do care about like the Christmas schedule, though. That's big. Because that you kind of like plan your day. Brain, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Christmas basketball or Thanksgiving oh, football? Christmas basketball, hands down. That's pretty good. I will say Thanksgiving has gotten a little bit better because they have the college basketball tournaments mm-hmm. on Christmas, on Thanksgiving yeah. now. So it's it's kind of close. I, I think we've had this discussion Probably. which holiday is the best for sports. Christmas is is pretty good now. Every every couple of years you get some football mm-hmm. on Christmas, so it's pretty nice. Yeah, the, I love it. It's some people say the NBA season starts Christmas Day. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, that is. Yeah. The teams are just feeling mm-hmm. each other out before then. Boom, Christmas, get those matchups, things really get rolling. Yeah. Right? So let's get into some of the schedule. We're not going to get too deep because it's just a schedule. <laughs> uh, Pistons have 13 back-to-backs. The NBA averaged down to 13.3, which is the lowest it's ever mm-hmm. been. 
for context, two years ago, the Pistons had 18 back-to-backs and went 4-14 and in those second-game back-to-backs. Uh, November 14th, Pistons will return to Toronto, Dwayne Casey's reunion. Do you think they cheer him or boo him? You gotta cheer him. You mean you should, but well, will they? Probably not. Well, I don't know. I feel like Toronto people are probably so nice. Yes. Like, I just can't see them booing people. Canadians? Yeah. <laughs> do, have they ever booed anyone? Probably not. Probably not. Do they even know, like, how to boo? Like, boo. what that oh, means? Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> January 12th, Pistons go to play the Clippers. Blake Griffin's first time back. They have to oh, cheer him, oh, right? yeah. They, if anything, they should boo Doc Rivers. Uh-huh. While yeah, he's there. exactly. Or something. Like, it's not Blake Griffin's fault. Yeah, no. Maybe they should uh, put the fake jersey back in the rafters <laughs> for him. Welcome back. Oh, that, that would be a good one. What an absolute mess that mm. was. He's going to have, like, 40 points in that game. I hope he goes off. Like, I would just play him. Just give him the ball every single time. 48 just minutes. Like, do your thing. As long as he's not injured yeah. by that point. Which, January... I want to know the percentage of games in January Blake Griffin has played in the last five years. It's probably not that high. At some point before then, he usually gets hurt. And then he comes back later, maybe. So... He just needs a, a little time to himself. <laughs> yeah. He needs to take the month Middle off. Of the season. Yeah. He finds some way to, yeah. to hurt himself. That's, that's exactly what it is. The Pistons have 10 games on national TV. So that means 10 losses. I've never seen a team so bad on national TV so consistently. It's unbelievable. I have no actual evidence to back that up. Mm-hmm. It's just they never play well. <laughs> it's just a fact. I mean, I will always remember last year, DeMar DeRozan dunking the soul out of Anthony Tolliver at the end of the game. <laughs> unbelievable. They just oh. it w- That would be burning my brain. They let him drive coast to coast in one of the most ferocious dunks I've ever seen in my life. Right in the face of Anthony Tolliver. It's like a love-hate when your team is on national TV. Because it's mm. either you can be embarrassed or be really happy. Yep. And half the time it's being embarrassed. Yeah, but it's different for the Sixers because now they're everybody's favorite. Yeah. They're on national TV all the time. Yeah. The Pistons never get any national love. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no countrywide fan base. There's no bandwagon Pistons yeah. fans. So people are like, oh. I haven't seen the Pistons like, all year. My thing is, you guys have like Fox Sports Detroit. Like mm-hmm. we get that up here. So like when the Sixers are on national TV, for me now these days, I'm like, yes, I can actually watch without streaming something that's ten minutes behind. You right. Know? Exactly. So that's why I like the national games. That's yeah, the that's only reason really. That's big. Bucks have 19 national TV games. Starting to catch on to the uh, Greek Freak I mean, fever. Everyone's got to watch Giannis. Mm-hmm. I think that's. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be more than last year. I think people are realizing, not that they didn't know last year, but I think he has ascended to superstar status Mm -hmm. at this point. Easily. Yeah, so they they want the superstars. Mm -hmm. The Lakers are probably on 50 games at least. Nobody's going to watch them, though, because they're all 1030. Yeah, that's that's tough. Is is LeBron going to lose a lot of his fan base now? They can't stay up at (laughs) at night? No. I don't know. Would you stay up to watch him? No. I mean, what's the difference, like, when he was in Cleveland? Like, I never really watched him then. But there, like, were, there were more opportunities since he was yeah. on at a decent time. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be good background noise. Yeah, that's always fair. <laughs> you know, usually I watch the first quarter of the second night game. Like, all right, it's good mm-hmm. enough for me. Yeah. It's always West Coast teams you don't really care about, right? Uh, so based on the Vegas over-under projections for each team, the Pistons... 
have the eighth easiest schedule in the NBA. I like it. I think it could set up nicely. Maybe. (laughs) I think so. It'd be pretty embarrassing if you didn't make it in this Eastern mm -hmm. Conference. Even though we said that last year. This year, even more so. Mm -hmm. If you don't make the playoffs in the East this year, you've got some serious problems. No matter who you are. Yeah, it's going to be a fight. Yeah. I mean, if the Pistons don't, I would just give up on them. Like, I would just fire Dwayne Casey and just... Right away, leave. one year. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, if you can't make the playoffs after, like, you, what are you going to do? What more, like... I don't know. Because, like, the, all the other teams are just going to keep getting better, and the Pistons clearly don't really know how to do that. Right. <laughs> if you look at the bottom of the East, you have the Wizards, bottom of the East playoffs. The Wizards didn't really get better or worse. Mm-hmm. The Heat stayed exactly the same. The Bucks are probably going to be better than 7th. The Hornets are floating around there. They're not yeah. that good. They're probably going to trade Kemba Walker at some point. So mm-hmm. then the, the Cavaliers drop down. I mean, there's no excuse. No. I feel like I said that last yeah. year. But again, there really mm-hmm. is no excuse. Yeah. I don't see any team that didn't make the playoffs last year besides the Pistons that's like, oh, watch mm-hmm. out. They could jump up this year. There just isn't. Like the Pistons are going to replace the Cavs. Right. And that's probably... It's probably it, the only change. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else uh-huh. is ready. Bulls aren't ready. No. Nets aren't ready. Knicks aren't ready. None of those teams yeah. are. Miami might just... And they'll probably be like an 8 seed. Yeah, 7, 8 yeah. seed. D-Wade will be like 45. <laughs> Gray know, hair. Hobbling around yeah, out there. A cane. Right? <sighs> it's fun. First Bucks game at home at their Pfizer Forum. Uh, Friday, October 19th. What do you think of that name? Fiserv Forum. It's a tongue twister. It is. Why is it so difficult? What it, like, why can't you just be simple? Because What, what was their easy. old arena's name? BMO Harris Bradley uh, oh. Center. People just call it the Bradley Center. Uh, okay, though. okay. Yeah, that's like, where it was Fiserv. originally. First of all, it's a word that like you could see and you could say like Fiserv. Fiserv? F- yeah, Fiserv. Yeah, you don't even know. I don't even know if it's Fiserv. We're just going to go by the forum. The forum. <laughs> See, but there already was a forum. That's the problem. Then um, we'll just call it the New Bucks Stadium. <laughs> the New Bucks Stadium. That's probably what most people are going to call it. People are still probably going to call it the Bradley Center, uh-huh. even though it's not even around anymore. Um, also, saw an interesting story uh, over the weekend. Former Pistons coach Stan Van Gundy says he's feeling lost because he can't find a head coaching gig. He was on a podcast talking about it. Said he thought by now he would have had a job at some point. He said if he wants if he's going to work hard, he wants to do it as a head coach or nothing, basically. Do you think he will be a head coach in the NBA again? I think someone eventually will pick him up. But I honestly but I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't. I how don't mu- know. How much did his Pistons tenure hurt his reputation? A lot. I mean, why? What is appealing to him, for him? Like, what's his selling point? Just, why would? Why he didn't do anything in Detroit? No, he did not. I think the the luster of taking the Magic to the finals, being close with the Heat. I feel like that's too long ago now. Mm-hmm. And the Pistons is what he's going to be remembered by most now, and that's not a great tenure, but. I feel like there's going to be a bad team that'll bring him in eventually. Uh-huh. Not this year, because, I mean, they've all been filled. Next year, maybe if there's a team at the bottom of the league, 
gives him a chance. I'm not saying he'll be successful because after being up close and personal with him as a Pistons fan, don't think I think he's kind of overrated. Yeah. At this point, he had the, mm-hmm. the tools, just never did anything with it. So I don't think he should be a head coach again, but I think someone will give him a chance. Yeah, I wouldn't want him to be the head coach of my team, that's for sure. Especially to be a head coach <laughs> and president. That was even worse. Why? How is that even allowed? I don't know how it's allowed. It I, I just feel like it shouldn't be. You're one or the other. Greg Popovich is the only one that can pull it off. Yeah. And some people legend. don't even know that he's both. <laughs> I honestly didn't even know that. <laughs> See? Exactly. He can pull it off. Nobody else can. Mm-mm. And and people who demand it should just look at the other instances, mm-hmm. every other instance basically where it doesn't work and say, no, we're not going to do that because you need some separation. Otherwise, how can a player trust a coach when he knows that that coach could just trade him at any time? You know? It's, mm-hmm. it's just a weird situation. Yeah. So... That's not going to happen. Stan Van's never going to be a president. He's never going to get a job just in the front office either because he was arguably worse as the front office person than he was as Mm -hmm. the coach for the Pistons. Maybe he should just go overseas, give that a shot. Join the broadcast booth with his brother Jeff. That would be electric. Could you imagine? That would be fun. Get rid of uh, who's with him. Mark Jackson. Get rid of him. Half the time I honestly mute them if I'm being completely. Jeff Van Gundy always <laughs> finds something to complain about. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, it's pretty funny. Yeah. He doesn't take it too seriously. Mark Jackson's just boring. You throw the two Van Gundys there. <laughs> that would be that would be funny. I feel like they would never talk about the game that was going on. Probably not. Just be going off on tangents. Talk. They would like yell at if, like If they disagree on something, they'd probably like fight. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> that would be great entertainment. Yeah, great yeah. for the ratings. Put them on a bad game, uh-huh. and then boom, instant skyrocket ratings. Just figured out Stan Van Gundy's next career move. So that was Honestly, it probably, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he should. Yeah. I, he was pretty good with the media. He was pretty honest, maybe too honest at some time. So, mm-hmm. and he, uh, he's done media before. I don't know if he was color, but he did you know, studio stuff before he was with the Pistons. Mm-hmm. So why not? Someone take a chance on him. Yeah. Also, we found out that Pistons forward John Luer, yes, he is still in the league, hurt his knee and had to undergo surgery to repair it, even though he hasn't played since October. Is he ever going to play in the NBA again? No. Was he just like walking down the street and like tore, like hurt his knee? Who like- knows? <laughs> This guy. That is that's that's sad. He had about thirty good games with the Pistons, and that was it. Over wildly overpaid, didn't play at all last year. He had like eight games, maybe. And then he gets hurt again without doing anything. Come on, at least make it worth our while. Yeah. Oh God. This opens the door for Henry Ellenson now. It's kind of in a make or break year here. Got to prove something at some point. If Lure's out for any extended period of time, he's mm-hmm. going to get that shot now with Anthony Tolliver gone. So, honestly, it's not the worst thing. I don't want him to be hurt. Yeah. But if it creates an opportunity for a guy like Ellenson, who has way more, at least, potential, uh-huh. yeah. why not give him a shot? So, I don't know if we'll ever see him ever again. <laughs> don't even. Doesn't honestly sound like it. Maybe they're just propping him up. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, he's still around. Uh, hurt his knee. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's why you won't see him again. You know, it just continues on and on and on and on. We're going to talk some golf when we come back, talk a little high school football later in the show. 
You'll tell us all about NASCAR. My new favorite sport. Your new Oh, so it's a sport. Oh, we're going that far. I I don't know. Like I was on it like what do you call it? An activity? Like a competition? But then that's technically like a sport. Are all competitions is a uh, No, because there's one sport out there that they say is competitive that makes it a sport, but I'm not gonna say what it is because I don't want to make people mad. What is it? You can say it. Cheerleading. Cheerleading is not a sport. Okay. They always fight and argue that it is because it's like competitive. Like when they go to like meets and stuff, Mm -hmm. that's not a sport. I feel like that takes some athleticism though. Yeah, but like in a way you could argue kind of NASCAR does too in a different way. Yeah. No, cheerleading is not a sport. Okay. I'm not arguing. That's a hot take. All right. (laughs) We won't argue. We'll just talk some NASCAR after this here on the Sports Pen presented by John's Auto Marquette. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Presented by John's Auto Marquette. Thanks again for joining us here on ESPN UP. Rachel Zerby from ABC 10 joining me today, and you went on a field trip. This I weekend. did, and it was probably one of my favorite field trips in my 23 years of life. Really? It was so cool. I don't even know. Like, going into it, I didn't really know what to expect. I was a little nervous because I was like, NASCAR's not really, like, mm-hmm. my thing. I don't really, like, haven't really paid attention. But seeing the behind the scenes and, like, what goes into everything was the coolest thing ever. Like, I I was, like, speechless the whole time. I was just observing. Every, like, it was so cool to see people just work on cars. I don't know what is so intriguing about that, but it was cool. <laughs> I know. It's just so different from yeah, any other that, I, that's sport. what I think I liked it. Because, like, you know, you know what you're going to do when you go to, like, a football game or a basketball game. But NASCAR, like, there was 500 million things wow. that you could do. It was so cool. So you were at Michigan International Speedway yes. in Brooklyn, Michigan. Yes. Where is Brooklyn, Michigan? Um, it's about an hour from Lansing. South, south, south. Like we were very close. It's close to Ohio. Okay. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, down there. All right. I'm a a true Michigan. We're all doing the now with the hand. Yeah, we're doing the hand thing for people who can't see. (laughs) But yeah, you got to get the mitten down, right? So yeah, I mean, I've been in southeastern Michigan my whole life before I moved up Mm -hmm. here. Had never, no idea where Brooklyn, Michigan was. When I first found out Brooklyn, I literally thought I was like New York. What? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was so. Why were you there? Tell us about that. Well, I actually I got to talk. Well, it was like the second race. I don't, I don't really know the whole details about that. But I mean, my roommate's friend kind of hooked her dad kind of hooked us up. But happened to meet up with a UP native, Greg Ives, who is the crew chief for number eighty-eight, Alex Bowman. Oh, so I got an interview with him. You know, he used to work with Dale Hart Jr. and Jeff Gordon, so that was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, he was saying Norway was his home track, so that interview will air tonight at 5.30 on ABC 10, UP. Nice. Make sure to <laughs> tune, tune in. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of the UP as being a breeding ground for crew chiefs. Me either. Me either. That's why, I mean, he said he, he went to Michigan Tech, too, and studied engineering, and right after that, he worked for Hendrick Motorsports. I don't know. He his family was all involved with racing and stuff like that. So I don't know. It was pretty cool. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to go down there and like meet a guy from the UP. You know. But then it's a small world. There you go. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. You, they really are. I've noticed that too. Mm-hmm. Ever since moving up here, someone be like, "Oh yeah, that guy's from the UP. Oh, that guy's from the yeah. UP." Yeah. Like, are you serious? Uh-huh. 
a place with such a small population just spread out all mm-hmm. over the place. By the way, UP got a shout out on SportsCenter yesterday when I was watching. Like the Sports Center. The Sports Center. For what? So the Michigan Little League team, they were doing highlights of that. Okay. They're from Gross Point, which is nowhere close to the UP, okay. right? I so, was I was nervous. I was like, should I like know about this? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Gross Point's near Detroit. <laughs> All right. So they were doing the highlights and Michigan won like fifteen and nothing mm-hmm. or something ridiculous. So at the end, they were doing a little banter after the highlight, and one of the one of the anchors he kind of messed it up, but I'm still okay. He's like, "Oh, you ever been to the Uper, the Upper Peninsula?" <laughs> like, oh, the so close. And then he nice. made some joke about the winters being cold. So he was close. He, yeah. I knew what he meant. Uh-huh. The Uper, yeah, it's, it's good enough. That's yeah. So that's funny. We made it, big time. <laughs> UP's on the map now. Yes, they will include us on the map. What was what was that race like with everything outside of the race itself? With everything going on, I know you said there were a lot of tailgating going on. I have never like I I thought football tailgating like college football was wild. I have never seen anything like NASCAR tailgating. One, the RVs are probably more expensive than like they're probably million dollar RVs to be honest. Wow. People just, like, kind of, like, not wearing clothes. Like, <laughs> like drinking. Like, I just, NASCAR fans, like, are very passionate. They don't hold back when it comes to partying. I like that. Yeah. I kind of did, too. I was like, maybe next time I'll just go for fun. Right. Were they outside the, the track? Were they on the infield? Because I've seen both. There was a lot in the infield, and then there was stuff on the outside, and there it was just all over. Like, people had, like, decks on top of their RVs in the middle of the infield, and we're just, like, drinking and having a good time. Like, there was a school bus that was, like, turned into, like, a RV kind of thing. It was it was wild. I, you know, that's a really cool, unique thing that NASCAR has, where you can watch from the inside mm-hmm. looking as everything goes around you. I mean, that must be a wild thing. Yeah. Cause I was, it was weird. Cause the, the grandstands are only where like the starting line is. So like you can only see like, half the track. So how big does the track actually look in person? Cause on TV, I mean, it looks kind of big, huge, but... huge. So you actually could not see at some point on the other side. No, like I was kind of standing like up top by the finish line or the start line both i guess (laughs) and like you would turn around and like you just couldn't you really see like they were so far away it it was huge i mean it's like a two mile track and it takes them like 30 seconds to get around it which was also mind-blowing like the cars they just like zoom by and all i could think about was the cars movie though (laughs) with lightning mcqueen i was like wow this is like it was i don't know it was so cool talladega nights i've never seen that movie what? Yeah. Oh, we've been over this, how you don't see yeah, like any movies, sorry. right? I mean, that that should have been mm-hmm. part of your studying for this. I know. I know. Come on. I just went in, I went in with an open mind. And you were pleasantly surprised I, then, right? Yeah, it was really cool. The My favorite by far was the pit crew. Those guys are doing like push-ups before. Like, they all like stand in a circle and like, I guess, say a prayer and like hype up everyone. It was really cool. I feel like a guy like Ray Lewis would be good in the pit crew. Oh, yeah. Just getting everybody hyped mm-hmm. up, full of energy. It's got to be exhausting. Oh, yeah. I mean, one, it, it was hot. So exhausting, like, heat-wise. And mm-hmm. then, like, the way they changed those tires in three seconds. 
yeah. It was, that's another thing. I think I'm going deaf because it was so loud. So loud. The pit crew are the engines or everything. everything. I mean, the pit crew, they like have blow dryers going constantly, like screws. Blow dryers. Yeah, I mean, leaf blowers. Why? To don't make know. sure the track is clean, I guess, so they don't run over any stones. Interesting. It was. And they were, like, sprinkling, like, water, it looked like. I don't, there's a lot more that goes into NASCAR than I thought. Like, I didn't know they, there's, like, big trucks that go around and clean the track, too. So when the cars are on the other side or something, they'll. Like, to start the race, like, they, like, clean the track, and then all the cars go. Hmm. I don't know. It was very interesting. It was hard to, I was, I was living my best life. Though. Okay. All right. Yeah. Who won? <laughs> it's kind of the most important part. I I don't I honestly don't know. I didn't pay attention. I didn't stay for the whole race. That's the whole point. <laughs> I had to drive. I think it was caught. No. Is it Kevin Harvick? Did I, I feel like it might have been him. Which was also another thing. I didn't know. Okay, I went in like I literally know no, nothing about NASCAR. Okay, so I didn't know when I like they were like, oh yeah, that's Jimmy Johnson. I was like, what? Like I didn't realize it was a like part of the nascar like sprint cup series where it's like what'd you all think the, it was i don't know like the minor leagues yeah or i just kind of thought it was like not like a knockoff race but something where like i just didn't expect to see all these big namers there because mm-hmm. it was so casual like even fans can walk in the garages and pits where like everyone's like signing autographs left and right i was like so i'm just used to like you know football you're kind of confined to the press box mm-hmm. like you can't go anywhere yep nascar you have free range to do whatever talk to whoever that's was, pretty cool. Yeah, I wish more sports would be exactly. like that. Exactly. Just let fans in the mm-hmm. locker room, right? Why not? Seriously. You know? That's what it was like. Wow. Hold on. Let me find out who won. Winner. I'm pretty sure. Sh- what, what is the race called? It was the Consumers Energy race on Sunday. That was the Sprint Cup race. Because they have other levels that go yeah. during the weekend, right? Yeah. Because they, they had like trucks racing. Oh, yeah. The truck series. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Kevin Harvick won. Yep. Uh, give a shout out to my NASCAR friend, Davey Siegel. He's been on this program before. Big Kevin Harvick fan. He's from Michigan, isn't he? Kevin Harvick? No, that's oh, never mind. Uh, I'm just... Brad Keselowski. Okay. He's from Southeast Michigan. Represent. So he's, yeah, he's the only, I don't know if he's the only Michigan guy, but he's the biggest one. Okay. So, yeah. So would you go back? So you go I back. would. I would. Okay. Yeah. Would you watch on TV? See, the thing is, like, we... One, it was hot, so in the media center, it was air conditioning, obviously, and they had it, obviously, on TV. And that was cool, because you got to see, like, they have cameras in the car, and they have the sound where you can hear the t- the driver, like, talking mm-hmm. to their crew, and I was like, this is so cool. That's awesome. And, like, even production-wise, like, the, everyone has, like, these big cameras, like, huge tripods, so it was just cool to see, like, NBC Sports put on the mm-hmm. broadcast. That's got to yeah. be tough. With two miles of track to cover, that's got to be mm-hmm. a lot of cameras, yeah. too. And just go, vroom, 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 moving the camera real quick. It was was really cool. Okay. All right. So we have one more NASCAR fan in the UP. I I don't know if I'm converted yet. I'd probably have to to, You have to go, like, cover it. Okay. And then it'll it'll change your mind. I I guarantee you. Maybe next year we'll we'll make that a field. There's more than one race, I feel like. There's two at Michigan International Speed. Because they just celebrated their 50th year anniversary and their 100th race, obviously. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Then there's the Grand Prix at Belle Isle, which is also pretty big, apparently. Which is the different kind of cars, you know? The indie cars. Where's Belle Isle? Belle Isle is an island uh, in Detroit on the river. Whoa. Pretty sure that's Oh, are those like the cool looking cars where the tires are like out in the front? Yep. Okay. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> that that would be scary to drive one of those. Yeah, I feel like I'd be claustrophobic mm-hmm. in it. 
Because you, it's just like you're in a missile. Yeah. Well, even like the like way the drivers are literally strapped in there. Like I feel like they're going on a roller coaster. Yeah. Their heads are sticking out. <laughs> that doesn't seem yeah. safe. And they don't have air conditioning in the cars. Fun fact: that I in learned NASCAR that too. Car. Yeah. They're like that's why they dump themselves with water and like put ice in their things. It's like a, reaches 150 degrees or something. I would. Why would they not put air conditioning? Because it weighs in? down the car. Is it really that? Do they also have the suits that you can pee in too? Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. Okay, that's also one of the cool things. Like everyone is dressed up so funky looking with a billion different uh, yeah. ads on their mm-hmm. body in the cars. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was interesting. We could get there with other sports too soon with with all those advertisements. Yeah, really Start small mm-hmm. in the NBA. Soon it's going to be all covered. Literally, that's just the way of the future, right? <laughs> So our final segment coming up, we'll talk a little golf, talk some high school football, a little bit of everything. Coming up next here on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Now back to the Sports Pen, here's Blake Froling. Final segment here on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Rachel Serby from ABC 10 in studio with me. I forgot to mention this, but I saw on Twitter the other day, Andre Drummond announced he was going to be at an Anytime Fitness downstate and said, bring your best five. Oh, gosh. (laughs) That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be. I would also be very intimidated to play on the same floor as him. For sure. I would not go anywhere near him because you know that's an automatic reject, like ball in in your face. But you know... There's no team in Michigan of guys that are going to go to a gym like that mm-hmm. that have anybody within six inches yeah. of him. Someone's <laughs> got to guard him. And you know, they'd be all, all cocky. I'll shut you down, Andre. Uh-huh. Catches the ball, one dribble, backs you down, knocks mm. you 10 feet flying, turns around and dunks. <laughs> Would it even be funny, fun for him at a certain point where he just dominates? Probably. No. If I were him, I'd just shoot threes or something. Switch it up. Well, that's his arsenal. every person. Yeah. I would also be a little afraid if I was Dwayne Casey. Like, yeah. I'm okay with him playing pickup with pros, but when you get those outsiders, you don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, you could get those gym guys who, like, go way too hard at pickup mm-hmm. basketball. And, like, what if they hurt him? Yeah. I would be afraid as a Pistons yeah. fan to hurt him. I wouldn't even touch him. No. Yeah. I would box out my own players <laughs> yeah. so they don't touch him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just let him go. Uh-huh. Do not hurt him. He is more important than you. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so I just wanted to get that out there. Also, we had the PGA Championship this weekend. Electric with Tiger Woods in contention. He's back. Is he? He's fully we back. We have to. Yeah. So now the expectation yeah. is winning, right? We're not going to get excited mm-hmm. over second place no. anymore? No. Good. Because it was getting a little much. He's got to win now. Yeah. I mean, he's right right up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been in contention the last couple majors. Uh also, the crowds were unbelievable. It was it was like a rock concert, mm-hmm. some people were saying, who were there. Just insane. People going nuts anytime he did anything. The tiger effect, man. Yeah. Uh, the ratings for the, the PGA were at a nine-year high for the final round, up 69%. That's, that, that's insane. The effect Tiger has on the game of golf is just... I, I can't. Is there an it's athlete wild. that is close to that effect in any other sport? Absolutely not. I would say I the next closest is probably Serena Williams. Yeah. But not even LeBron no. James makes Mm-mm. the rating spike that much. Mm-mm. I mean, because it's like everyone watches like 
basketball kind of you know like golf and tennis are the sports that like people watch but unless if there's someone really like right. a tiger or serena williams and mm-hmm. they're gonna tune in just to see greatness right yes to see greatness yeah. even though there are other great <laughs> uh-huh. golfers and other great tennis players it's just different yeah they have that yeah. aura mm-hmm. around them and even though you know brooks kepka was dominant dude has massive arms yeah he does he's he said he does a full body workout before each round how are you not exhausted yeah. before you're around? But like my thing, like how much, I mean, I'm no golf expert. How much do you like, do you need to have like upper body strength to swing a golf club? They, I mean, for like to hit it far, does that help? Yeah. I, I mean, just being strong in general helps. They say actually more your leg strength yeah. is what's more important. I'm sure he's got very strong mm-hmm. legs as well. It helps sometimes like if you're in some tall rough and you need to muscle it out. That's when you need the strong arms. He just, like, sits up there at the podium. I'm like, you don't even look like a golfer. No, like, all doesn't. the other golfers are, like, they're not scrawny, but you can't see their defined, like, mm-hmm. bodybuilding yes. buffness. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like golf's one of those sports where you don't need to be in uh-huh. shape. Everyone has, like, beer bellies. Yeah, there's a guy, Pat Perez. <laughs> looks like he just, you know, got out of the bar. He's like, yeah, we'll play 18. Well, even, like, Patrick Reed. I was like... Hey, yeah, that too. Him too. You don't have to be that athletic to win right. millions of dollars. But I think it was Jack Nicholas who said, once the athletes, the real athletes, start playing golf, it's going to completely uh-huh. change the sport. And it has now with a guy like Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, even, mm-hmm. you know, Spieth and Justin Thomas, they're more athletic. All these younger guys yeah. are much more athletic than the stars of the past mm-hmm. where, you know... I mean, Tiger Woods maybe was the first one to break that mold, but Phil Mickelson was never an, yeah. a world-class athlete. You, no. you never think of him like that, and neither were the other guys. Yeah. So the athletes are starting to take mm-hmm. over, and that's why they're hitting the ball mm-hmm. ridiculously far. Yeah. So Tiger Bump is there, but I think there's enough good golfers where if Tiger's around enough, gets those casual fans to watch more, they'll start to fall in love uh-huh. with guys like a Brooks Kepka. I mean, he's won two three majors in his career all three within the last year and a half he's hot Mm -hmm. so i mean why aren't people falling in love with that kind of a guy tiger should be the gateway to the rest of the players not just tiger nothing that's what golf is kind of in trouble with yeah because once tiger i don't know i don't know but even like up and coming i feel like jordan spieth and like they attract like the younger people Mm -hmm. in a way there's there's no one because like the older crowd like all they know is really like Tiger and Phil, but he doesn't have the effect that Tiger does, you know? Right. Like there's no one, like the old people just don't know anyone really. I feel like. Yeah. They don't want to learn the new guys, but eventually they're going to, they're dominating Mm -hmm. so much where you have to know them. Mm -hmm. Even Rory McIlroy is in that group. You know, he kind of has crossover appeal too. So you have to learn them at some point. Right. Speaking of the young people, we have, uh, another airing of our high school football <laughs> kickoff show. If you missed it on Saturday, it's back tomorrow night at 7. That'll be the next airing. You've talked with almost all the coaches in the area, right? Yes, I did. Okay, all so you're getting one. caught up. I am. I'm trying to get get in the groove, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to expect from everyone. What are your initial so impressions? Far, it, it's going to be interesting because I feel like so far there's not one team that I talk to where they're going to like stick out in a way. Okay. Like, everyone seems very, like, even. I like to think the competition is going to be high. Yeah, barring injuries, mm-hmm. I think you're yeah. right. Everybody's going to be kind of beating up on each other. Mm-hmm. It, should be, it should be a yeah. fun season. You'll get to hear from all five coaches in the area. Marquette, Nagani, Ishpeming, Gwyn, Westwood. 
all on the show. We also did videos for all the coaches. We'll be rolling those out slowly. So again, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Market County High School Football kickoff show presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union. Say that five times fast. Also getting closer to NMU football, too. Nowhere to go but up. Right? Yes, that is correct. That is correct. Literally nowhere to go but up. You would hope. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Hopefully. I think so. I mean... You have to. There were a lot of freshmen and sophomores playing last year. You had a freshman quarterback. So you you hope they Mm -hmm. learn from that experience and say, we never want to repeat that ever again. Because there was some really bad football. They also showed some glimpse of promise. So I think interesting will be the way to put it. Mm-hmm. I think if they get three wins, they should be happy with that. Make that slow build. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not that dif- I feel like it, it's not that difficult to improve on a 1-9 and nine season. It shouldn't be, at least. It's what the Cleveland Browns thought. <laughs> One <True>. win. <laughs> we got this in the bag. We're going to double our win. To- oh. Uh, yikes. They could do it this year, though. Yeah. Improve off of a zero win season. Oh, yeah. Have you been watching Hard Knocks at all? No, I've actually never watched that. It's pretty interesting. Getting an in-depth look at all these teams. I just don't have HBO. There's always ways to watch. I know. Not that I would ever condone that. I have a free trial of HBO, so I'm on the up and up. I think clevelandbrowns.com was streaming the first episode for free at some point, too. Interesting. Please watch us. They also, speaking of the Browns randomly, while we have a minute here, they punished wide receiver Antonio Callaway, who was caught with the marijuana in his car, by making him play basically the, every single snap in their preseason game. That's their punishment. Darn. I, I get to play the sport. that I have to do my have, job. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I have to do my job. Like, but at what? the same time, who wants to play all that in no, the preseason game? I would be... I wouldn't try. I feel like a suspension in, in preseason would actually be the opposite of a punishment. Uh-huh. Oh, wait. I don't have to do practice and training camp, and I don't have to play in a meaningless game? Oh, darn. Yeah. How will I ever recover? So I, I can kind of get on board with that, mm-hmm. especially if they make him play every single snap where you just get exhausted after a while. And he's got to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Like, there just gotta, has to be a point where he's like, I, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Anybody's punishment, make him play for the Browns every single play. You just get frustrated. Yeah. Just <gasps> oh, bad quarterback God. play, getting overthrown all the time, you know, things like that. That could wear on you. Yeah, that, that, that's a good punishment. That's almost like psychological warfare. As mm-hmm. much as it is yeah. physical. Mm-hmm. So Hugh Jackson, maybe he's on to something. Maybe he'll get more than one win this year. Yeah. But it they seems would. like every team that's on the hard knocks is terrible. Okay, this is going to sound dumb. What is hard knocks? Do they do like a series on a different football team every yeah, year? Yeah, every year. Documentary okay. series. Is it kind of like last chance you in a way? Kind of, but it's only for training camp uh, okay. in the preseason. So it's okay. a new team. They think they do four or five episodes. Uh-oh. They go all access with everything just during training camp. And the, there's certain rules on who is on hard knocks. Like a team couldn't be in the playoffs the last yeah. two years or something. Okay. So the, do they literally film this and edit it like the same day? They like, have to. I mean, yeah. Real time, that's my, almost. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, but it is very interesting mm-hmm. to get that inside look. I mean, the first episode went right up. To the first preseason game. So it aired like the day before that preseason game. That's wild. So Maybe I'll have to look into that. They, you have to. Yeah. It's exciting. You're going to learn a lot about the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. that you never thought you needed to learn. Right? Cause, and they're all candid in everything, too. Yeah. They don't change. Well, I don't think they change too much about what they do. So we're looking at how a football team works. Interesting. Check it out. I've always wanted to know what training camp was like, mm-hmm. too. 
sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. I would never want to do it as a player. I would be one of those okay. guys who holds out or has some kind of injury and then just comes back right at the end. I'm ready. Uh-huh. Le'Veon Bell knows what's, what's, what yeah. to do. I like that. <laughs> All right, we're out of time. Thanks again, Rachel, for coming in. We are presented by John's Auto Marquette. Thanks again for listening, and you're listening to ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.